Welcome to the Road Racers Podcast at www.roadracerspodcast.com. Now, get ready for the drop of the green flag. Welcome to the Road Racers Podcast. This is Derek Ross, your host of Road Racers Podcast. That's cars racing on road courses. Left turns, right turns, up through the gears, down through the gears, on the brakes, on the gas, sliding around, having a good time, rain or shine. Hey, and if you're not a big road racing fan, maybe just hang out for a bit, see how you like it. Strap into your seats, let's go to the track, let's talk to some people, have some fun when it comes to the world of road racing. Sitting chatting with Mr. Mike Speck. Thanks for taking some time on your day. It's my, uh, it's my pleasure, believe me. Pleasure is all mine. <laughs> so I uh, meant to catch up with you at Daytona, and unfortunately didn't get a chance to come back and uh, just ran out of time, and you had a busy weekend there. So There um, we did. When I caught up with you, you were uh, the Daytona 24-hour weekend, and you were in one of the new Coney Challenge cars. Yeah, as actually the car itself was uh, an 01, believe it or not, and it was uh, BMW 330, and uh, we ran that out of, out of Matt Connolly's stable there he had two gt cars running and uh matt Connolly's uh crew chief john vincent uh kind of bought the car and is running it under v-pack racing and we had uh what started out to be just a killer weekend uh we turned quickest time of actually all the bmws at an 11 flat we turned a bunch of those there's quite a bit more in the car, but unfortunately we developed a misfire and that plagued us uh, really through the rest of the running. By the time we got in for the race, we literally were turning the engine off and turning it back on at least once every lap. So we, we were out of the hunt, but uh, it was fun anyhow. And uh, my co-driver, uh, Matt O'Toole, did a, did a solid job. He's just gaining more and more experience with every race. He's a young... Uh, student of mine from Bondurant. Good kid. Really good kid, and he's learning quite a bit. Awesome. Yeah. Nothing like Daytona to get a lot of experience. No, you know, for all the fame that uh, is associated with Daytona, and it, it is a wonderful racetrack, technically it's really not It's not that tough. And uh, it, it's a good place to actually bring somebody that doesn't have a ton of experience. Um, and the speeds are higher than at some of the other circuits, but... Um, it really isn't quite as technical again. So I, I thought, you know, for Matthew's best interest, it would be a good good circuit to take him to. And besides, there are very few feelings in the world as cool as driving up on the banking there. It's just, you think, who's, awesome, yeah, you think who's been up there, man. You know, it's just the coolest thing in the world. It Walking really in is. the shoes of greatness. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or at least in the tire tracks. Tire <laughs> <Our> dust. <laughs> Well, you were in the Coney Challenge, which had almost 100 cars or so entering. Yeah. And so there obviously a lot of traffic to deal with and a lot of strategies. And yeah, I, I gotta I gotta tell you, Mark Raffoff's just done a he's done a great job. Uh, this guy that runs uh, runs Grand Am, and he's really tried to accommodate these larger fields. Uh, Grand Am is growing by leaps and bounds, and I I, I thought Mark did a great job with the new yellow flag uh, formation rules and. Uh, it took, I think, what could have been a potential disaster and, and, and really turned it into, I thought, a fantastic event. I thought our Coney Challenge race was, was awesome. We could always do with fewer yellows, but, man, 100 cars is 100 cars. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you're gonna, you <laughs> it's know, a great trip. Yeah, you're, you're going to have problems. So uh, 
again, my hat's off to, to how they organized it. It was easy to follow, and uh, I think it made uh, not only better racing for the fans, which is really important, but it, it made it more fun for us as drivers as well. Cool. I know we had a chance to sit down with uh, Toby and Pierre, and that was a new deal for them to, to be in the race as well. Obviously, yeah. new, new race for everybody, first race of, of the championship. Are the, are the people that, that you were running with, um, are they new with you as well? or? Um, relatively. Uh, Matthew's done a uh, f- few races here and there. Again, my co-driver. But the team, uh, no, Matt, Matt Conley Motorsports and VPAC, uh, these guys are tried and true. Uh, really, aside from the misfire, I thought it was a brilliant little car. Um, easy to drive, tons of grip, phenomenal brakes, great motor. Uh, it's just, you know, sometimes things don't go as planned. And uh, I, I think the team did, a, did an excellent job. They didn't know us well, you know. So, uh, you know, whenever you go with a new team, yeah, they don't always know if you're capable. They're going to set things on the real safe side, you know, set the car up to push a bit. I, I thought the team was very willing to uh, accommodate us and made the car quicker. And even though we certainly had, I think, huge potential, it just uh, wasn't realized at that race. Just like A.J. Allmendinger. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, AJ's had some flashes of brilliance, yeah. hasn't he? You know? Yeah, and a, and, a, and a steep learning curve at the moment, I think. Yeah, oh, dude. <laughs> you know, I don't, it, it's so easy to look at, at Nextel Cup, look at Bush, look at trucks, and, and just say, oh, man, you know, that's all just, that's easy blue collar stuff, but it's not. Those, those boys, those boys are race drivers, and, and uh, those engineers are taking a very difficult platform and, and doing the, doing the best with it. I mean, uh, I think you'd be hard fast, hard pressed to find a better engineer and crew chief and overall team owner anywhere than, than Ray Evernham. I mean, you can go to any Formula One paddock, you're not going to find anybody, at least in my opinion, that's any smarter. Probably some guys are just as smart, but nobody's smarter. I mean, Ray is, the guy's a stud, or uh, uh, Jimmy Johnson's crew chief. There's another uh, just, just a incredibly bright person. Uh, these guys are taking, I think, a difficult platform and making it work exceptionally well right i mean i remember in the mid-90s working at uh michigan speedway stock car school instructing there and uh, had a fellow in and his family and uh, who were very well known in imsa at the time and had had won championships and fellow took me aside and said derek you know what's what's going on i i just i don't get the feel of this car what's you know because of the sidewall the obviously the weight weight shift it was a whole new deal and he was he just at that day just i remember at lunch the whole time he just sat there didn't say a word. Just thought nonstop about wow, what these guys do. It's 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 pretty cool. And so so Mike Speck is is a name that I'm sure some uh, followers of you know uh, who you are and what you've been doing. Um, tell us a little bit about. I mean, I've had the pleasure of working with you over the years. Uh, first met you back, and I think you, probably your early days of uh, working with the old Bondurant School in Phoenix. Yeah. And you still do some work with them, as I was. Oh yeah, yeah. I've been with Bob for about 12 years, and uh, you know, it's it's, uh, it's an excellent. Excellent uh, driving school, racing school, without a doubt. Um, I've also done work uh, throughout the years for uh, for Skippy as well. Excellent school uh, as well. Uh, similar level of instructors on, on both sides, uh, and it's you know it's a nice, tight, cool fraternity, I suppose. Um, and the racing's been good too. I mean, really, what what Bonnerant's afforded me is the the chance to to meet the people that have kind of helped me to move my career along a bit. Uh, and Really, all my Grand Am rides have, have come through uh, people that I've been associated with at Bondurant. So it's, you know, I'd say overall it's it's been a great thing. 
But I'm kind of branching off a little bit as well. I do, you know, press releases here and there for a couple of drivers. Uh, Darren Law being being one of them. Uh, do releases for TriPoint. So that's kind of branched me into a little bit of writing. And now I have a, a monthly column in uh, Modified Magazine, which just got bought by Prime Media. Awesome. Yeah, it's fun, actually. It really is. I'm I'm really enjoying it. Doing time attack stuff there. What do you What do you, what are you writing? Well, about? basically, uh, the beginning of it started where uh, this magazine they're they're out of Toronto. They wanted some somebody to write driver tips for them. You know, uh, I thought they were pretty responsible for doing it because they're selling this this magazine that's all about how to make your car faster. And so they uh, they took it upon themselves to to get somebody to maybe teach the people that are buying this stuff how to make themselves a little bit safer and faster. Yeah, that's great. So I started writing uh, columns like that, and now it's transformed from writing about now cars, various street cars, all the way now into writing about all these, yeah, time attack cars, uh, cars that are completely tuned, uh, differences in, in various tuning and how that affects the car. Um, it's been, I got to tell you, man, it's been great. I've driven some some pretty fast stuff. Actually, faster than any of the race cars I've driven. It's, uh, yeah, it's been fun. Yeah, isn't it amazing that uh, if you think of vintage cars, 63 Grand Sport Corvettes, uh, you know, you name some of the classic cars of, of yesteryear and, you know, go out, walk in the showroom, a couple of mods down the street, here oh, yeah. and there, put some good tires on it. And... Oh, they're amazing. I mean, you know, it's a great example. We had a, we had a chance not long ago with a student that comes through Bondurant pretty regularly. He brings out all of his all of his uh, exotic street cars. So we got a chance to drive the big toys. Oh, all the all the big toys, and I'm just amazed, just amazed. One, at how capable these machines are, how incredibly well designed they are, and, and what you're getting for the dollar. I mean, everybody looks at a you know a Carrera GT as being half a million dollars, but I tell you what, that thing's amazing. Right. The thing is absolutely amazing. It is uh, so well designed, so well built. Attention to detail is almost disturbing. <laughs> I mean, really great, great machine, solid as a as a bank vault, and um, obviously you're going to pay for that. But it is capability is way, way, way beyond anything. Uh, I think in the last oh, I don't know, probably you know from 30 years ago, way beyond anything. Sure. From 30 years ago. Absolutely. Well, that's that's the. That's what I find the the great heritage or lineage, whatever you like to call it, with Grand Am and and endurance racing, where you've got a, essentially a, a street platform that's modified, taken to its limit. I mean, you know, there's so much proving, so much stuff that's come out of that, and it's translated down into into street cars, and and frankly, made it safer for everybody. Yeah, I think it has. Uh, I would have to agree 100. percent You know, the idea of trash control, yaw control, all of that was born out of a need for it on the racetrack, and has found its way into uh into street cars the only i it's hard to say but for me the only drawback to a lot of these systems is that while they offer short-term benefits in terms of car control and and such i think in some ways they can have a long-term detrimental effect in that they numb what drivers can and can't do behind the wheel of a car you know (laughs) they take away that need for car control and you know whether or not that's good or bad is is really a, a difficult issue there are pros and cons on either side of that argument um, it's very difficult to say which is truly right and which is truly uh, not right there I mean let's face it in the short term these systems have completely helped people there's right. absolutely no doubt 
you know, a 500 horsepower Z06 Corvette. Brilliant machine. Brilliant machine. But should you be driving that without the systems on? Probably not. <laughs> you know? So, yeah, I, I think they help. But, you know, obviously, again, the flip side to it is, uh, you know, is there a cost uh, in terms of that driver's ability to operate a car truly at its limit without exceeding it? I suppose. And the old saying of, uh, you know, in the original days of teaching advanced driving with a, a four-wheel drive machine in the wet, perfect example. You know, someone said, well, this, this is going to keep me out of trouble. Well, not necessarily. If you're going to crash, you might just crash at a higher rate of speed. Yeah, I think that's very well put. <laughs> it, it really is. I mean, I think all-wheel drives do offer some benefits in some areas, but they're not infallible. And, right. Laws of physics still apply. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Amazing how that is, isn't it? Oh, yeah. No, Isaac Newton doesn't, uh, he doesn't discriminate that way, you know. He's uh, equal opportunity that way. If uh, if it's all-wheel drive, if it's rear-wheel drive, front-wheel drive, uh, they're going to have to follow the uh, follow the laws of physics, no doubt about it. And he was a big racing fan, too. Did you know that? Yeah, I think he was. Yeah, you know what? I was to, I'll say this, Derek. He definitely <laughs> would have been. I think uh, I think he would have found... The way that we tried to defy the laws of physics, I think he would have found that amazing. Isn't it just kind of a bummer that, that a, a man like that, that was able to recognize these laws of physics, never saw things like the space shuttle. Right. Never saw things like the first moon landing, like uh, current F1 car. a current F1 car. <laughs> I mean, isn't that, you know, if anybody could appreciate it, you know. Or watching the uh, Highcroft uh, Acura LMP2 car go through turn one at the recent Sebring race. I, mean, I don't know how many drivers and people, when I was there working with some VIP groups, we took them to turn one just so they could see the car go through. And you know, how many other drivers said the same thing? Just watching that car go through turn one was just absolutely amazing. And I got to talk to David Brabham quickly at the at the event, and he said, yeah, all, uh, uh, Dayton, and who was the other driver? Uh, oh, uh, I can't remember in that car. There's Brabham and, and Duncan, and, as you said. And, uh, I can't oh, remember was it Johansson? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right, they yeah. said that all three of them had agreed that uh, it never gone through turn one at Sebring in a car that fast. And if uh, for those listening, if you have never been to Sebring, you need to get to Sebring, but especially next year to watch those cars go through turn one. Just just def uh, felt like it defied the laws of physics. It is a pretty daunting circuit to begin with, and turn one in particular is just, uh, yeah, it's blind. You can't see the exit. Barely see the apex in here. Right, barely, yeah, yeah. You are hauling the mail on a Sunday there. You know, there's no doubt. There's no doubt about it. You're going, you're going lightning quick. And uh, yeah, those those uh, Acuras went good. The Porsches went good. I was amazed how fast the GT cars were going. Yeah. The Flying Ferraris. Lizard uh, yeah, flying Porsches lizard and the and the Ferraris. You know, yeah. you watch Darren Law run through there in that Flying Lizard car. I was like, oh my gosh, this yeah. guy's on the on the gas pedal. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. Yeah. So. What was the first gas pedal you, you got to hit? What, uh, go-kart, or was it in a car itself? or? Yeah, what was it? I think uh, I think it was in an old Ford LTD. I think that was the first time uh, I ever... Famous little two-deer. Yeah. <laughs> it's the first time I ever depressed a gas pedal. I learned to drive stick in an old, beat-up rabbit with I don't know how many miles on it. And, uh, but really, honestly, the, the first racing I did was, was karting. Right. Yeah. So, so are you, uh, now, of course, Bondo in Phoenix, you lived in Phoenix a long time. Are you from the Phoenix area? Where, where was not, not originally. I've, I've, uh, been all over the U S right. uh, grew up on the East coast a bit. Uh, folks moved to Vegas. We lived there for a while, went to school in, uh, California. 
and uh, met my wife there, and then uh, moved out to Phoenix for uh, for Bondurant. To be honest with you, yeah, awesome. it's, it's been a nice little deal for me. Fantastic. So, well, uh, I'll make sure in the show notes for this uh, podcast that uh, uh, we get the uh, website to uh, your uh, PR services. Yeah, you got and it. Everything else you're doing, you got it. Uh, what's uh, what's in the near? Uh, Three, six, nine months down the road. What do you see from Mike Speck? I'm hoping that we can uh, kind of do a few more races with with Coney Challenge again. You know, uh, there's there's no use trying to trying to facade it at all. The plain fact of the matter is that I'm only going to get into the car if uh, if I can bring money uh, one way or another. And I luckily have this contact that seems to uh, be willing to continue this as a business a bit. Where you know I. I coach his uh, his kid, uh, and in return we get a we get a seat in the car. But uh, I don't want to uh, I don't want to rely on that. So sure. uh, you have to expand that. And yeah, do your own deal. If we can do more in Coney Challenge, great. But uh, and people always ask me, what do you want to race? And I got to be honest with you, I couldn't care less. If it's got four wheels and a steering wheel, I, it doesn't matter to me. Car tomorrow. Sure, absolutely. Oh, come on. Are you sure? Absolutely. Are you sure? Come on, I heard a lot of whining lately about that car. Are yeah, you sure? I have no no reservations whatsoever yeah, about right driving something like that. Yeah. I don't yeah, I mean I think that any works. of us yeah, I think any of us would. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let me check my calendar. Uh, yeah. You know what? I'm available. Mm, I don't know, lunch is up in a minute or two, so uh, <laughs> other than that, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, everybody is complaining about it. I think mostly because Hendrix is dominating. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when they level things out, we'll see what happens. Yeah. It should be an interesting year. Yeah. I mean, a lot of future motorsports, uh, I I feel, you know, they keep talking about, um, you know, ratings and this and that. Well, that, that's that's one small area of it. I just feel that, uh, you know, there's just so many more areas of motorsports, A, that people have not been exposed to, and B, are now starting to, to, to have more growth and blossom because people are looking for other alternatives as well. Sure. And, uh, you know, wish you the very best in uh, finding something with uh, four nice black round tires underneath you and a big strong motor, drop that clutch, and leave two big black lines, or four big black lines. Yeah, or four big black lines. <laughs> Derek, I appreciate it, man. The best luck to you as well. Thanks, Mike, for taking the time. Great talk to you. Anytime. The Road Racers Podcast would like to have your input. We're always looking to make this a better show, and we'd like to get your feedback. Now, there's two ways to do that. Please call us on our comment line, 206-888-4301. And please let us know which podcast it is you're commenting on. Your comments may be used in upcoming shows. So if you got a good idea and you want to hear yourself on the Road Racers Podcast, call us in, let us know what you think. Again, the number is 206-888-4301. And if you prefer not to have your voice on the show or not to be heard, then you can send us an email. Just do it to feedback at roadracerspodcast.com. Again, that's feedback at roadracerspodcast.com. Now, if you know somebody specifically that should be on this show, please let us know. We want to make this one of the best things you can find out there in the world of motorsports. This is Derek Ross, hoping you've really enjoyed the show. We'll see you at the track. You have been listening to the Road Racers podcast on Race Remote. Your host has been Derek Ross. To subscribe to the Road Racers podcast and for all show notes and more information, you'll find us on the web at www.roadracerspodcast.com. You can also find us on iTunes. 
The Road Racers Podcast is a production of Race Drive Interactive Inc., providing winning interactive solutions for the motorsports industry. Road Racers Podcast is copyright 2008, Race Drive Interactive Inc., all rights are reserved. The Road Racers Podcast is a proud member show of the Race Remote Media Network, motorsports at its best, no batteries required. For all the latest shows and updates, please visit www.raceremote.com. For marketing opportunities and more information, call our friendly marketing department at 818-430-RACE or see us on the web at www.raceremote.com. Thanks for supporting motorsports. Now get to a race event and take a friend. I'll see you at the track.